What's going on? Welcome back to episode three of the As of Yet Unnamed podcast. I'm Parth. Here with me is Connor. Hi there. And today we don't have a music themed episode. We decided we would just share some interesting stories with you guys from our past. We just came up with a few stories to share and we hope you enjoy them. So the first thing uh, we're going to talk about is how me and Connor met. We met way back in 7th grade when we were 12 at school. And I think we just shared a lot of the same classes. So we ended up hanging out uh, in class and at lunch and just gradually became friends. I don't really remember like a specific moment where we just became friends or something. but Yeah. We went to Sullivan Middle, and we, like Par said, we had a lot of the same classes together, and I think we just kind of threw working together in classes and whatnot. And then at lunch in seventh grade, I remember me and one of uh, my other friends went to sit with Parth at lunch, because we, we didn't really have anybody else to sit with at the lunch we were at. And that kind of became our normal lunch group throughout middle school, was me and Parth, and uh, other people came and went eventually, and eventually there was quite a few of us, but it was always me and Parth, at least through middle school. Right, right. Um, we, I remember we sat at this bench under this big tree at lunch always. That was like our spot. And uh, occasionally we would sit at this like other table nearby with some other people. Usually um, they would kick us out. Yeah. The people that wanted yeah. to sit there, so we'd go sit under the tree instead. Right. <laughs> we did get kicked out. <laughs> but yeah, we, we we did a lot in school, and then eventually, as we got older, we were playing games online together, Xbox, and eventually on the computer, kind of through early college and like late high school. We yep. played a lot of the normals, the Call of Duties, and all that kind of stuff. We There was a group that we played FIFA online, the soccer game with, mm-hmm. and everything. And so, yeah, that, that was mostly how we spent our time hanging out, was either online and in-game, or occasionally we'd hang out, like, together, and play video games in person instead. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, we also started uh, the, our band. Too. Yeah, that was another big thing that we did a lot back then. So I remember one time when uh, we were in eighth grade, I remember sitting in uh, social studies in Miss Bryant's class. Miss Bryant. Yeah. We we didn't like this teacher. No. I, no, I don't think anyone really did. No. She was very, she was a hard ass. Yeah, yeah. And this was an election year. Yeah. So it, it like it was, extra showed. Yeah. This <laughs> was when Obama got elected the first time. Yes. It was a long and time. She was, she was very excited. She was very excited. She brought it up a lot. Yes. <laughs> and we cared so much being eighth graders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember this one specific memory from that class. We we had to read some book for it. I don't know what, what book. We had to read something. That was we, like a common assignment. We'd have to read something. Yeah, and then like answer questions about it. Yeah, we had to like answer questions on each chapter of the book or something. So we were sitting in class working on this assignment, and I remember I was sitting at a desk and Connor was sitting directly across from me. And at one point, I just like looked up and asked him, "What chapter are you on?" 
It was just a normal question. I was just wondering. And he said, I'm on chapter done, bitch. <laughs> Slam the book. Slammed the book shut and got <laughs> up. And that was just hilarious to me. It was like such a good response to that question that I didn't expect. Yeah, I don't even remember this. Yeah. It's been so long ago. I mean, I'd believe it. Yeah. Because that was always something she'd make us do like towards the end of class. Oh, yeah. I think like when there was nothing else she wanted us to do, she'd be like, read this and answer these questions. <laughs> Dang. I'm sure, I, I'm sure I put a lot of work into those questions that I answered oh, to yeah. be done that fast. For sure. <laughs> I think I was probably just like dumbfounded. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what chapter is that? <laughs> I haven't gotten to chapter done, bitch, yet. <laughs> is, that, is that in the appendix? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then I remember another time when we were in high school. Um, this actually happened to Parth, one of our other friends that we were friends with for you know, like a year and a half, two years, roughly in high school. I wasn't here for this, but he he took Parth to like a party. I don't remember exactly. Parth could probably give you some better context. Yeah. Uh, so I had a friend in high school. This was in 12th grade. It was uh, that's the Super Bowl that year. So there was like a Super Bowl party. It wasn't really even a party. There were probably five people there. It was like a get-together. And my friend invited me, me to that. And it was at somebody else's house. I didn't really know this person. But I figured, sure, why not? Party sounds fun. So I went with him. And I got there and we were just like chilling for a while. Uh, just sitting down in the living room, chilling. And uh, at one point... One of the guys asked me, hey, Parth, do you, do you like weed? you smoke weed? <laughs> and I was like very naive and like kind of young. And I was At this point, I was like 17. So I was trying to be cool and funny. Like, I was like, yeah, I smoke weed. Of course. Yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, guys. <laughs> so then uh, they brought out some weed, actual weed. Like, oh, yeah, we got some here. I was like, oh. oh Oh, uh, <laughs> hold on. Actually, like, back up. <laughs> <laughs> so they like, they asked me basically if I wanted some. And I was just like, no. Like, I wasn't getting peer pressure. <laughs> they, like, no, just like smell it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so. I was just like, no, I'm good. No thanks. And then I like just sat and chilled for a while. Ate some chips. Hey. Ate some chips. And, and then I pulled my friend aside and I was like, hey, I'm not really feeling uncomfortable here exactly. Would you mind taking me home? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he just took me home. And that was that. What a Super Bowl party. Yeah, that was quite a party. It was pretty pointless for me to go there. But it made for a great story. Because yeah. I told like one of my friends at school. And then he repeated it at lunch and told every, all my other friends. And the way he told it was way funnier than the way I told it. He made it like an epic tale. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> entertained our entire lunch table. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the funniest lunch I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Legendary storytelling. <laughs> it was great. Oh, gosh. I have no idea what you're getting into. No. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, they would never smoke actual weed. This is it's a joke. <laughs> People These American think... high schoolers would never have weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, this is a real question. They have weed. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate part. <laughs> At least he took you home. Yeah. What if he was, was like, no, nah, I'm not going home for a while. Yeah. That wouldn't have been fine. <laughs> I call my parents. Hey, can you come pick me up from this party? <laughs> they have weed here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would have gone over well. <laughs> oh, that same guy that took you and brought you back home in like 10th grade. At when we when we would eat lunch, the uh, the special ed class would make chocolate chip cookies as like a fundraiser, and they would sell them I think once a week, and they were really popular cookies. They were really tasty, so a lot of people would buy them. <laughs> but this dude one time that Parth went to this party with, he bought out like the entire stock. <laughs> he yeah. paid like twenty five or thirty dollars for all these cookies, and he just handed them out to our table like haphazardly. Yeah, just threw them out to people. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he, I brought a lunchbox to school and he just filled my lunchbox with those cookies. Yeah, like you emptied it and he went up there and gave him all that money and just scooped them into your lunchbox. Yeah, <laughs> handed them out. Oh, I don't man. know why exactly. <laughs> That's like a lot of money. Trying to flex. Yeah. Show off all that cash. <laughs> but we got cookies. Yeah, I mean, I ain't complaining <laughs> about those cookies. Those were good. They were really good cookies. <laughs> So, uh, going back to 12th grade, I remember that we had this one class, um, called ITGS. I think it stood for like... Information Technology in a Global Society. Yeah, I think that was it. (laughs) It was like an IB class, which is like an advanced program. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. But we all, I think we had it for like the entire year entire 12th grade year yeah yep. and all of us like guys were in there uh we were friends you know me connor and three or four of our other friends it was like all the dudes that were in the ib classes basically like the full ib classes right and there, we all would sit together in this one class every day yeah there were like probably eight guys in all of ib at this point and probably seven of them were in this class yeah <laughs> And the then, other, the other, like, what, 20, 25 people are all girls. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we all sat at this, like, one table together. And that was actually a pretty good class, to be honest. Like, the te- our teacher was, like, really chill. You know, he kind of just kind of let us do whatever we wanted. Yeah, he, he was the cool teacher. <laughs> he was the cool teacher. And uh, I remember at one point, we... We would just play games in class on our laptops, to be honest. We were playing, like, Donkey Kong at one point. (laughs) We would see who could try to set a high score, like Donkey Kong and all these, like, old arcade games. Yeah. And we would all just have our laptops out, like, playing games or, like, on the internet doing whatever. (laughs) Because usually we'd finish up whatever we were supposed to do in class, like, early. 
Right. And he was a cool teacher, so if you finished early, you could just do whatever, as long as you weren't loud. Yep. And so we'd all sit around and play Donkey Kong <laughs> for, like, hours at a time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we even watched some, like, cool movies in that class as part of, like, the classwork. Like, we watched 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, we did. That was really cool. Yeah. We watched some, like documentary on donkey kong that's what started us playing donkey yeah kong. about the guy that was trying to break the world record or whatever yeah steve weeby yeah. <laughs> yeah we watched that in there yeah. there was one time when like 75 percent of the class was gone for an exam so me and the, the two other dudes that were left in there watched Eraserhead. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a real classic of cinema <laughs> yeah i wasn't there for that yeah parth was in taking that exam yeah so he missed that <laughs> But yeah, overall, it was like a pretty good class, chill class. But I remember like one thing I did like every day was I sat I sat right next to the power outlet. So it was basically my job to plug in all of the guys at the table, like all of their laptops to charge at the beginning. <laughs> it was just like the thing I did because I was closest to the outlet. Yeah, we'd, we'd like plug it into our computer and then like throw the brick over to Parth so we could plug it into the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I just accepted it, you know, for a while. And one day, for some reason, I guess I just got tired of that. And I, I refused to plug in their laptops anymore. This sounds so like dumb in res- retrospect. It's not even that big of a deal. But I was just adamant about not doing it anymore i got i was fed up like this arduous task (laughs) so difficult (laughs) plugging these into the wall outlet (laughs) so like you did sit next to the outlet every day though i did you you chose that seat (laughs) (laughs) so the rest of the guys at the table didn't like that like at all really and i remember they forced me off of the table i think they physically like forced me out of my chair <laughs> no like it was was it an actual table or was it like a disc it was a chair and a desk like an actual chair yeah that's right yeah and <laughs> we like ostracized you for that <laughs> yeah we made you go sit at like a disc or something <laughs> i think they forced you on it like a table next to yeah those. that was something like that over over plugging the laptop chargers in. yeah <laughs> like literally they like made me get up out of my chair physically yeah <laughs> you can't sit here anymore. <laughs> so i think so someone else i think sat there I was like, oh, will you plug my laptop charger? And they were like, oh, yes, sure. I'll plug your charger in. <laughs> it does sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this was resolved like later that day, I think, in like French classes. Like, I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm over it or something. I just wanted to make a point or something. And they were like, yeah, we did too. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day i was back on the table plugging the chargers in again just like it should be they were they were just like get back in your place basically (laughs) well we were never like i don't even remember being like 
an asshole about it. Like, yeah. we just hand you the charger. We wouldn't, like, throw it at you or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. I don't know. I mean, it really wasn't a big deal. Uh, that was funny, though. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 12th grade, another class we had, I think Parth just mentioned, was French class. Yeah. I remember taking French from fourth grade all the way up to senior year of high school. Wow. Yeah, I took it from like fifth grade to senior year. What a useful class. <laughs> but anyway, in 12th grade French, I remember like the curriculum was like really easy. Like yeah. we would all finish really fast everything we had to do. Like the, me and Parth and some of the other guys that sat in like the back corner <laughs> as far away from the teacher in the front of the room as possible. Yeah, and um, we would finish up really early, and she was also she wasn't really chill. She was more just a pushover. She was a new teacher, didn't yeah. really know how to control the class yet. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty young too. Yeah, like, and so like we would just whip our laptops out and kind of do whatever <laughs> whenever we finished up our work. And I remember one day I was sitting in the back playing League of Legends. <laughs> And she decided to call me out because I was clicking so much. She's like, Connor, why are you clicking so much? I was like, um, I'm just uh, working real hard. Uh, working hard over here. Take, taking notes. Taking notes. Uh. <laughs> I remember like trying to click quieter <laughs> so that she wouldn't notice. Because I had one of those like cheapo wireless mouse yeah. that like, like the buttons were really cheap plastic. So they clicked really loud every time you pressed them. Oh. <laughs> Did she just like drop it? Yeah, I don't think she ever she pursued it. Okay. I think I like I don't remember what I did. I like stopped, like alt tabbed out of the game or something. Uh, <laughs> and then went back to it later. <laughs> was it like a real game? Or? I can't remember. Uh, you can't remember if it was a bot game. Yeah, it might have been just like a bot match, so it wouldn't have really mattered. Uh. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 12th grade was pretty lax in retrospect yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, 12th grade was my favorite year. Yeah, sure. easily. <laughs> I remember sometimes, too, she would, in this French class, she would give us projects where we would have to, like, make something on our computer, like a, like a PowerPoint or a Word document or something. And most of the time, I would forget. <laughs> so I would just make a document... And like name it whatever it needed to be named and save it and then <laughs> corrupt it oh. <laughs> and turn that in so I could turn it in late. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. And I don't, she had to have, like, she was young enough. She had to have, like, known that, right? Yeah. She was, like, in her 20s at that time. Yeah. But Probably. she never said anything about it. <laughs> I did no. this, like, multiple times with multiple different things. Because <laughs> I remember, like,. <laughs> I think working on like those uh, assignments and I would ask you something about it and you would be like, I'm probably just going to corrupt it again. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works. Yeah. yeah, she like wouldn't open it to look at it. We'd like turn it in online and then she'd just give us a grade like for turning it in is what it seemed like. Wow. Like she wouldn't actually check to check our work. <laughs> so, well, it's there. It must be right. She didn't check the work. <laughs> Man, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I remember us, like, getting pretty good grades on, like, all the in-class stuff. Yeah. So maybe she was checking other people's work. She just gave us a pass. I don't know. Maybe. 
Uh, but I distinctly remember doing that multiple times and never, like, having her say anything to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> they were, like, homework assignments? Yeah, like, homeworks that you had to turn in. <laughs> See, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this is a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember, one, we, like, watched some movies in there, like, related to French. And we watched this one movie with, like, Selena Gomez in it. I can't remember what it was called, but... <laughs> I don't remember this. Really? Yeah. It was just, like, Selena Gomez and, like, two other girls. They just visit, like, Monte Carlo? Is that in France? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it was somewhere in... It had to have been somewhere in France, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this. Dang. I was probably looking at my laptop. Yeah, playing League. <laughs> playing League or some corrupting homework. <laughs> yeah. And is that like nothing to do with French? They literally just go on a trip. And I don't know why we watched this. Like, I just remember watching that. <laughs> yeah, it must not have been too important because I don't remember it at all. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything else we watched in that class. No. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. She probably just wanted something to entertain people. She yeah. Had something she needed to grade or something. Right, right. Because <laughs> uh, ninth grade through, like, 11th grade, we had another French teacher. A different teacher, yeah. Yeah, who was actually, like, really good. Yeah, she cool. was actually, a, like, she knew what she was doing. She'd been a teacher for a while, I think. Like, yeah. a French teacher for a while. Right. So she knew what she was doing, and she actually taught us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone liked her. And then she announced she was like, she, I think she got pregnant or I think moved she, to a different school. Yeah, I think she got pregnant, and then after her like maternity leave, she went back to a different school to teach. Yeah, that's it. I think is what happened. Yeah. And so then in 12th grade, this new teacher came in. Right. And she was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She yeah. passed me. She passed me. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I think she's actually still there, too, because my sister goes to that school, and she said she's still there. Oh, really? So, fun fact, yeah. Oh, she should mention us and see if she yeah. <laughs> she remembers us. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so then, uh, moving on to a college, freshman year of college, when... Me and Parth were living in the same dorm. We weren't roommates, but we were in the same dorm. Uh, well, this is a time when a bunch of us were playing a lot of League of Legends together. Like, friends we had in Rock Hill and people that at Clemson that we played with. And um, we were playing all five of us on a team against another random team of five. And one of our good friends at the time, he lived in a different dorm, like, on the other side of campus. And he... He was playing, like, a pretty essential role in this game. Like, he was an important member of the team. And after, like, 35 or 40 minutes of this game, of us playing for 35 or 40 minutes, he just randomly out of nowhere, he's like, oh, hold on, guys. There's some girls going to the reflection pool, and I'm going to go with them, so I'll talk to you later. And he's just dipped. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> just disconnected from the call, left the game. He's gone. And we were like, what? 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 What, what are you happen? doing? <laughs> We're about to lose now. <laughs> we need you in this game. <laughs> this game is important. <laughs> the girls will be there later. <laughs> hey, 
What do you mean there's girls by the reflection pond? That's like 10 minutes from your door. <laughs> Why? We're at college. You see girls everywhere. Do they walk around campus in short shorts every day? <laughs> League is life. League is important right now. So we, we kicked him out of our, our voice call program. We like banned him from the group for like a week straight and didn't play with him. Yeah. No. <laughs> that still makes like no sense to me. It still makes me mad. Yeah. I don't even like League of Legends anymore. That <laughs> <laughs> makes me mad. <laughs> like, I don't know what was really going through his head then. Yeah. The mo- <laughs> it must have been important. Yeah. <laughs> that... He's he was quite a character though. That he guy. was he was a character. I feel like he got banned from our like voice chat group a few frequently. Times, yeah, yeah. After that, that was using raid call. Yeah, back in those glory raid days. Call. He also got banned from our Discord a couple <laughs> times after we made the switch to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, he he's gone now. Yeah. So, not in the the group anymore. Yeah, he's living his life. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> we all just got mad. Yeah, we were all like really <laughs> mad about that. Because <laughs> this was like we had been playing this game like we had started maybe like nine or nine thirty at night. That's usually when we would play. Yeah, until like the hour, wee hours of the morning. Yeah. So he was going out here at like eleven p.m. <laughs> after dark. With no one out, after we'd already been in game for like 30 straight minutes since like 10.30. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you so doing, like, man? Look at some girls by the reflection. Point. Yeah, like, I hope they were naked. <laughs> <laughs> at least make it worth it. <laughs> uh, Can't you just like, well, like, we were about to win. The match, <laughs> those games last like 45, 50 minutes, maybe. Yeah. So we were about to end it, probably. And then, no, we, we got to play for another 30 or 45 minutes and lose Did because the other team got to come back and stomp us. Is that what happened? That is what happened. Okay. That's why he got banned because we lost uh-huh. after he left. That is messed up. <laughs> <sighs> the good old good days. Times. <laughs> Me and Connor actually... Did uh stop talking a little bit in college at one point after he had uh, left Clemson. He moved back uh, here in Rock Hill to home, and I was still there for the four years. So there were, there was probably about two years there where we just weren't speaking too much because he was here and I was there. We would hang out when I was back in town, but it didn't happen too much. But I remember one summer in college, and this was in summer of 2015, I was back home for the summer, and I got a summer job. So I think my dad kind of just told me he should get a summer job. So I found a job working as a pizza delivery driver at Pizza Hut for like a (laughs) month and a half. A whole month and a half. (laughs) And it was okay. I mean, it was mostly just driving around, delivering pizza, which really isn't that bad. And I had to, like, fold boxes and wash dishes and stuff, too. That was not not as fun. <laughs> the normal in-store stuff. Yeah. 
And uh, I remember at one point, the AC in my car broke, stopped working. And it, this was like during the day in the hottest part of the year. So it was hot. That wasn't fun. That's definitely not good because it gets hot around here in yeah. the summer. It gets very hot. Yeah. And I was in a black car too. It just soaks up all that heat. Yeah. It's like an oven. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, And then... I remember this one specific day, which, like, was not a good day at all. <laughs> it kind of just started off bad. I remember I was really late to this one delivery because I just couldn't find where I was supposed to, like, deliver the pizza. It was some big, like, office or, like, manufacturing plant or something. And for some reason, I just couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. So I was just really late to that delivery. And then a little bit later in the day, I was on, I think, another delivery where I like made a wrong turn into this uh, apartment complex, like where I wasn't supposed to go. So then I was trying to back out of there and get back on the road. And I like pulled into a parking space and I was backing out, reversing. And I just kept going and going. <laughs> I thought I had enough room, but I hit a parked car behind me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have room. I just kept backing up. And then I heard some like a little bump. I was like, "What? wait, what was that? Oh, no. <laughs> and I got out of the car and, and like panicked because I saw I hit a car. And someone like saw me hit the car too. Busted. Yeah. This was in the middle of the day. And so I I just like went to the apartment office I think and like told somebody I had hit a car and I think I left a note with like my number and left and <laughs> that wasn't fun. <laughs> How did that get resolved? I think I don't remember too much of like dealing with that guy specifically. I do remember going to the police station later. And I think that guy being there, and I remember talking to like a cop, and the cop was like, you did everything right in this situation. You did the most you could. Like, you did a good job. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> I don't like remember having to like uh, pay back that guy or anything like that. Maybe my parents kind of just resolved it. Yeah. And I didn't really know about it. Yeah. Maybe they just sent out your insurance stuff. Because yeah. you were probably on their insurance, right? Yeah, I was. Our insurance definitely went up because of that. <laughs> So it got resolved. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I guess it was just my insurance going up. That was the biggest impact. Yeah. That's just, that sounds like a bad day. Yeah, it was a bad day. Bad day on the job. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because I've been working delivery for well, five or six years now, mostly pizza delivery like Parth has, but I've also done like Amazon delivery and stuff like that. And I've had the same experiences of not being able to find places and, you know, customers that you can't get a hold of so you don't know where to go and you get lost and whatnot. And I even have a story when I first started working, this was probably... Probably would have been before you had started working, I guess, at yours, because I think you were still at college. Hmm. And I was delivering late night, because I worked the late shifts instead of the day shifts. 
and I was turning into an apartment complex to make a delivery, and it was pitch black. There was no no street lights or anything, and um, every single parking spot except for one was taken, and there was barely room for two cars to go in this parking lot. It was just like a tiny little lot. And so I'm trying to get parked into this one spot so I can deliver this pizza. And as I'm pulling up, this is at like 11 o'clock at night probably, I hear like a bump from the car to my right. So I'm like, oh, that's not good. And so I get parked and like make sure that I'm like within the space because these people had parked very tight. I was trying to squeeze into this space. And I got out and I checked my car and mine was fine. So I just made that delivery real quick and got out of there. <laughs> this was at night. No one saw this. And so I just left. I booked it out. Nice. Hopefully there was nothing uh, wrong with their car. I never heard anything else about it. And uh, we don't deliver there anymore. Oh. So. <laughs> well, good. But that, that's, that's been probably at least five years ago. Ah. That's the only time I've ever hit a car on the clock. Usually it's a deer. Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I did have one guy once pull out in front of me that ran a stop sign. I couldn't avoid him. That wasn't my fault, though. Right. But that wasn't fun. It's just, if you're going to work delivery, it's going to be very hard on the car. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're your month and a half. <laughs> was right. rough on, well, you were driving like a Honda or something at the time, weren't you? Yeah, I had a Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> It'll tear that car up. Right, and all the gas. I yeah, mean. constantly putting gas and changing oil and changing tires. and Yeah. Yep. And the funny thing is, like, I think probably a week after that incident happened to me, I uh, while I was on the job, I backed up into a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> I left another dent on my car. <laughs> that was just unfortunate. <laughs> I guess I'm not good at, wasn't good at like reversing. <laughs> you need that backup cam. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I had like sensors and a backup cam and stuff like that, that pro not, neither of those things would have happened. I, I just need my nice fancy BMW. <laughs> yeah. Then I can drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the car would have stopped by itself. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't need to know how to drive. The car does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah after that um summer job you know i went back to college uh to finish out the rest of my time there and i remember in my last semester there something pretty interesting happened this was actually right around the time i was graduating uh classes and exams had finished so I was actually back home, like right after uh, the semester had ended, and this was like a few days before the graduation ceremony, um, and they sent out like your transcripts to you know everyone got the transcripts with all your classes listed and the credits you had. So basically, I think if if you had enough credits to graduate. On your transcript, it says something like ready to graduate or something to that effect. I don't know exactly what it said. But uh, I remember like checking my transcript a few days before graduation. And my transcript did not say anything like that. <laughs> I didn't see any ready to graduate. <laughs> and hold, I had, hold on a second. 
<laughs> I had a, a friend that was uh, graduating with me, and he told me his transcript did say that. So, I mean, I got worried. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> I actually remember this specifically what was happening. I was playing like Rainbow, this game called Rainbow Six Siege with you and mm -hmm. a few of our friends. It's like this FPS shooter game online shooting game yep yeah and like while we were playing i checked my transcript and saw that and i was like oh guys i, I gotta go uh, <laughs> i was just like i gotta go <laughs> i had to figure it out this is important <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i just looking at the transcript it looked like i was just missing like three credits to graduate and i had taken a few classes which they were called like double dipper classes like they counted for like six credits even though it was just a three credit class basically yeah. so it helped out a lot and i i thought what had happened was i just carelessly forgotten to take like three extra credits <laughs> and as time went on i became more and more convinced that i just i wasn't graduating <laughs> and i just messed up really bad oh no that's so, awful yeah <laughs> that's so bad yeah uh. so i like sent an email to my counselor at the college to ask him like hey uh, am i graduating <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you just check on this for me <laughs> this is kind of important <laughs> yeah and i even started looking for like summer classes to take online to get those three remaining credits so i could graduate in like august or something Jeez. yeah I was actually very upset about this. Like, it was not a good time at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can understand. You go from thinking you're about to graduate to convinced you're not going to graduate. Yeah. In like an afternoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it was it was probably just like one day uh, where I, I just did, was in limbo and didn't know what was going to happen. And I remember like the next morning I called my counselor to ask him, like what was up and he was like yeah yeah you're graduating <laughs> he emailed me back too and it's, he said uh yeah you're graduating he was like i, I sent an email about this too i said yeah, i just want to make sure <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to double check <laughs> uh, that's crazy so, yeah what, did you ever figure out what caused that no it was just like an error in the printing of it or something yeah i guess so that's so weird i know it, I was worried about nothing really the whole time, but I yeah. mean, I graduated just like normal. It was all fine. That was good. Yeah, I just can't. <laughs> of course, it happens to you. Yeah, <laughs> especially because like you changed majors, right? You had to catch up basically. Yeah, with the major you changed into, so you would still graduate in four years. Right, and, was, and then get to all the, the end of all that, and then be like, "No, you're not graduating." Psych. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I was actually worried I wouldn't graduate on time because I switched majors, and then I did. But then this thing happened. <laughs> but but am I graduating? <laughs> but are you really though? <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, that's <sighs> like one of the honestly one of the worst times I like ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the american school system for you yeah <laughs> just make it clear yeah or double check make sure that it's not going to tell people that are graduating that they're not graduating yeah 
That's kind of a big deal <laughs> when it happens. It is. <laughs> so one of the things that me and Parth have pretty much always done uh, together, to some extent at least, is go to concerts, since we both like music so much. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just going to talk about some of our favorite shows we've been to and stuff like that, because that's another big part of kind of our friendship is music and as, as a whole, you know, the stuff we make in and on top of that, the stuff we go see live. Um, I know both me and you, we really like uh, Between the Buried and Me, and one of my favorite albums of theirs is Colors, and I believe it's also probably your favorite album of theirs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they did a 10th anniversary tour of that. Um, couple years back was it 2019 it was a 2017 2017 yeah they did a 10th anniversary tour for that and unfortunately i don't think we got to go together i think you were working so we got we we went to two separate days on the same weekend yeah they were doing the show but that was an excellent show it's just that was like the band at their peak was that show kind of in my opinion and i still remember it pretty vividly to this day because how fun it was it was very fun i I still think that's probably my favorite show I've been to so far. It was just like, I really like that album and they, they like killed it. They played it perfectly. Yeah, it was a show where they played the album front to back, basically, since it was the 10th anniversary for the album. Yeah. And it sounded just like the studio version, except with even more energy <laughs> Right. from the live show. Yeah, it was like everything I wanted from a live uh, version of that album lots there was a lot of energy everyone in the crowd was having a great time yeah and it, it was it was kind of a small venue which i like because feels uh, more intimate you know yeah i like more personal venues yeah M- much prefer the smaller ones to like the big arena kind of shows right those are okay but i like being able to see the band like up close yeah <laughs> and uh they had some opening bands too which were like all right. They had Polyphia as an opener, which like I don't care about yeah, Polyphia. I, I'm not a big Polyphia fan. <laughs> it's a bunch of wanky junk. <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> but they had the Contortionist, which they were okay, all right. Yeah, they were a decent opener. But and, yeah, Between the Buried and Me was definitely like the headline. Obviously, yeah. they they outshine the other bands. I thought right, at least at that show. I don't know if I'd say the same about them today. <laughs> no, having gone know. to some of their more recent shows <laughs> yeah but this is the one show of theirs that sticks out in my mind at least for sure yeah and they also played one of their older songs mordecai as a, an encore mm-hmm. that was very cool too that's yeah. a great song that's a really good song probably one that they'll never play live again <laughs> <laughs> yeah much like everything off colors <laughs> <laughs> i can't see it that was fun though yeah that was an excellent show <laughs> And uh, I remember I I actually didn't go to my first concert until like 2017, uh, which uh, it was it was an Iron Maiden concert at like the big PNC Pavilion nearby. It's like a really big venue, mm-hmm. but that was pretty fun, too. That was cool. I went with one of my friends who was also an Iron Maiden fan. That's a pretty good first show, Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're they're still killing it to be as old as they are. They are. They're doing their thing. Yeah. I know my first show was in high school. My dad took me to see Metallica hey. on the Death Magnetic Tour. Huh. That was a really good show. I remember Gojira and Lamb of God were the openers. But hmm. we missed Gojira because we got there. We had to wait in line to get in. Hmm. But we got to see Lamb of God 
not all this shit, but some of it. And then Metallica was really good. Of course, we were sitting in the nosebleeds. Like, our back was against the ceiling oh. of, you know, like the basketball stadium in Charlotte. Yeah. It was, I think it was the basketball stadium then. I don't remember where 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 exactly it is up there. Time Warner Cable. Time Warner, Warner. yeah, Time Warner Arena, I think was where it was at. Yeah. So yeah, we were way up and we couldn't see squat, but it sounded good. It was a good show. Nice. I I, I think I, I might still even have the shirt from it, even though it's probably too old to wear now. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see Metallica one day. Yeah. Before they give out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know another show that me and you both really like was uh, Death Heaven. Yeah. Seeing them live was a highlight. I've seen them many times. Um, what what which which one was the show we went to? Do you remember when it was? This was in 2018 in Asheville. Yep. And yeah, it was like a smaller venue. Yeah, it was the, the Gray Eagle. Or, yeah, maybe it was the Gray. Was this the one where we all went? Me, my family yeah, and you yeah. went. That was the Gray Eagle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good show. I really liked that venue. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, was very intimate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that's one of the better better shows I've seen. That's not my favorite Death Heaven show I've been to. That's probably the first time I saw them, which was maybe a year before that. Hmm. They played one of my favorite songs, The Pecan Tree Live is like the encore. And yeah. that's the only time I've seen them play it live, so that that's why that one sticks out in my head. Dang. But that was at the Orange Peel which is another venue up in Asheville, I right. think is where I saw that at. Man, I would like to see the Pecan Tree Live. <laughs> yeah. Good song. It's killer. Oh, man. Yeah. And then I know another show that I really like, probably one of my all-time favorites, was seeing Godspeed, You Black Emperor, hmm. again in Asheville. <laughs> they put on a great show. I mean, it's it, they they take the ideas on their albums and kind of make a unique live, like rendition of some of the tracks and they have a big projection that goes behind them as they play that has all this cool imagery and stuff and it was just really really intense it was really good wow that's one of my favorites i'd like to see them again you know if concerts ever happen again mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fine so uh, another good show i know we went to was uh we actually saw buckethead the guitarist uh a couple of years back yeah. and he he was super late to the show we he stood was. there for at least an hour maybe an hour and a half waiting on this show to start i think so yeah because there wasn't an opener it was kind of a, a tiny show with just him and whatever he brought with him right <laughs> and we waited for so long but once the show got going it was really good it was that guy kills the guitar he just like absolutely shredded on stage for like two hours yeah it's like two hours straight of him just showing off yeah. he makes it look effortless yeah. <laughs> it's crazy never seems to get tired it's, it's like a, a guitar playing machine <laughs> yeah it was fun it, he played like all the you know like hit, hits uh that i like from hits him. quotation marks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he played a lot of his like more recognizable stuff yeah. stuff that i wanted to hear right and then a lot of it was just kind of random. It was almost like just like a, a show, not not so much a music show, but just him doing stuff on stage, right? Throwing stuff out to the audience and doing the robot. <laughs> yeah, he did do that. <laughs> there was like a lot of audience interaction. Yeah, 
He let people like touch his guitar at one point. Like while he was playing. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> it was a really cool show. It was unlike any other kind of show like that I've been to. It was very unique. <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh we went to a Slayer show about a few years ago. This was on their final tour that they did as a band. Supposed. <laughs> yeah. But this tour lasted for at least two years, I think. We saw it I, relatively early. Right. And they just kept extending it and extending it. I think they even came back by us again. We could have seen them again if we wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they played in Charlotte at uh, the PNC Music Pavilion again. Huge venue. And it was okay. I mean, we were pretty far from the stage, so we couldn't, like, really see them that close or anything. Yeah. But, the, the, the thing that sticks out about that show that I remember was Lamb of God was not good. <laughs> That's like, true. that was not what I was expecting. Like, Slayer's up there, 20 years their elder, and showing them up <laughs> on the stage. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. But Slayer was really good. I like Slayer. And Slayer did do really good. Another one, Anthrax played. They were right, all right. right. And I like Testament. I know you, you probably don't know much Testament. No. But no, they no. were another band that opened up. Right. And Behemoth. Behemoth. Behemoth was the first band, I think. Yeah, I think we showed up, like, while Behemoth was playing. Yeah. Yeah. But that was an okay show. Right. It's one of the few, like, big shows like that I've been to where it's, like, five big bands all back to back to back. Right. It was fun. It was just, yeah, like you say, we were kind of far back. And it was kind of hot, I think. It was pretty hot. Yeah. This was, like, in June. Yeah, so it was hot. But it was a fun show. I know I've also been to the PNC Pavilion with my dad. We saw Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden Ooh. back when Soundgarden was still a band. <laughs> right. But uh, that was a really good show. I like the Nine Inch Nails a lot. Mm-hmm. They did. They put on a really good live show. Yeah. I, I And uh, back to that Slayer show, I remember when Lamb of God was playing. I think uh, the problem was like Chris Adler... Uh, yeah that was that was like right around when he decided he was not going to be the drummer anymore i think yeah yeah or he got in like a motorcycle crash or something i think so something like Uh, that and yeah he just sounded off he sounded pretty (laughs) off pretty off like noticeably (laughs) i'm i'm not even totally sure if that was him on stage yeah it might have been someone filling in yeah because some of those drum parts it sounded like they didn't really know what they (laughs) Like, what the album part was. It was, like, completely different. (laughs) He's usually a really good drummer. Yeah, he's usually really on point. So, yeah, that's that's why I said it was kind of strange to have Lamb of God be the low point. Right. Of of a show where three of the bands are, like, 60-year-old men. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And lastly, we're going to be talking about uh, some of our band Acid's newer work. So... Basically, after um, our album Sepia, which was recorded while I was in college, uh, we had kind of a break, probably over a year, where we just weren't recording anything. And this was around the time I was finishing up college. But I remember after I graduated and came back to Rock Hill, um, pretty soon after, uh, I hit up Connor and we started recording another album called patchwork landscape and that basically started kind of our new batch of albums which we consider 
a lot better than our older work and we're actually pretty proud of yeah it's actual music (laughs) it's not just like basement recordings yeah (laughs) and uh at that at that point when we started recording patchwork landscape we we made some investments and uh we just started started putting a lot more effort into uh just recording the music i bought a new guitar and a a new electronic drum kit which the drum kit really helped to improve our sound and we also changed how we recorded a little bit uh i remember we started recording separately in separate tracks and that really helped with like the mix Mm -hmm. we just got a lot more serious about music like we weren't just writing for fun we were like we wanted to like make something you know yeah something that was like better than the sum of its parts right this uh that album really started um us making concept albums that was the first one yeah and since then since then we've like only made concept albums I'm pretty yeah sure. it's not like readily obvious if you just listen to it but all of our albums at least like in our head are connected they all like share a same universe and they're all just different stories in this one universe yep <laughs> and so patchwork was kind of the genesis of that where we came up with this i mean you might kind of call it generic like post-apocalyptic idea where at the beginning of the album, you know, the apocalypse happens, whatever, nuclear holocaust or the zombie outbreak or whatever you want it to be. And the from that point on, the album just kind of follows the story of this solo character that's kind of the hero of the story that goes on this post-apocalyptic adventure and meets people and whatnot. And right. it ends with his death at the very end. Yep. That was how our idea for the album and we wrote all of the music and all of the, the sampling and everything on that album was all done with that whole story in mind to try to have like a, a theme that tied everything together. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think the idea was along the way he like met someone else, like a companion, yeah, like a friend or a love interest or something. Yeah. And, uh, towards the end, the uh, love interest companion, uh, friend, whatever, uh dies somehow and then after that he the main character has this like final battle like last stand and he dies too that was the idea yeah and kind of based off of that general idea we we took that and moved forward to our other albums to try to tie them back to this story in some way right like uh our next album after that this one um called those self-titled it was called acid uh that was also a concept album and it actually has lyrics like a lot of like a story that goes in the lyrics yeah yeah there's connor actually wrote a a lot of material lyrics for that album yeah there's only two songs actually only one song that doesn't have any lyrics Yeah. yeah even one of the instrumentals has a couple like spoken lines in it Right, right. But yeah, the, that whole story is like, it takes place, like if the apocalyptic event is at the beginning of Patchwork Landscape, this is like before that, like leading up to that, like this dystopian future before the apocalypse. And it's just the story, like a slice of life of this one man being betrayed by like his lover and kind of his like descent into madness and him getting revenge. And it's very open-ended and kind of open to interpretation, like what exactly happens 
But right. mostly the the emotion is there in the lyrics, not so much the actual events that are supposed to happen. Right, right. Exactly. And that that album is like I think a lot darker than like Patchwork Landscape because it's really all about this guy like his descent into like madness, I guess. He's not like a good guy. No, he's not like a hero like in like Patchwork Landscape, we always saw the main character as like a heroic figure. Right. Kind of like a tragic fall or something at the end of the album. Yep. Whereas the the main character in the self-titled just kind of seems like like a psychopath or something. <laughs> they yeah, get scorned yeah. <laughs> and kind of goes crazy. <laughs> right. And yeah, the lyrics do a good job of showing that, I think, like all of the anger. And yeah, like, like turmoil and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It is very much darker. But like I said, when I was imagining it, I was imagining it taking place in this very like dark future kind of dystopia so that that was kind of i guess seeped into the lyrics to try to convey that too right right and even in the music it you can hear like it's more aggressive and um a lot more just passionate than like patchwork landscape yeah and then coming off of that our next album distress call which is mine and parts favorite yeah out of everything we've done (laughs) It um it kind of takes that whole universe and puts like a sci-fi slant on it. The idea behind Distress Call is that whatever apocalyptic event is happening in Patchwork Landscape, it, it's like known about. Like there's this group that knows it's going to happen, like a government group or like something. And so they devise this plan to create like a colony ship and send it off to another planet so that humankind can, you know, survive into the future, even if Earth doesn't make it. And Distress Call is just basically the story of how this ship is doomed, basically. And as they're going about their mission, something awful goes wrong. And uh, the one character that kind of survives to the end gets lost in this kind of extra-dimensional area. And it gets kind of abstract. But it kind of continues that dark twist that the self-titled has, just with a much more ambitious, like, atmosphere. Right. Yeah, this, I feel like uh, Distress Call is, like, the most creative we've been with, with like, storytelling and stuff. Uh, I know you said you kind of based it off of this one movie. Event Horizon? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was kind of the, the genesis of that whole idea. Event Horizon's about a, a ship that is doing warp travel, uh, and they get lost in the warp. And it corrupts the ship and the ship becomes like haunted and all the crew members become like demonic and stuff. And I don't think it, I don't think I took it quite that far on Distress Call because that's like a straight horror movie. Uh-huh. And whereas I wanted this to more be like a sci-fi kind of feeling to it. But that was kind of the idea was that maybe once they got far enough away from Earth to like engage this like long distance travel that it like took them somewhere that they didn't expect to go. Yeah. Or something like that happened. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, too. Yeah. Because of the end of that movie. Yeah, you're very abstract. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good connection, too, though. I never really thought of that. 2001 is another favorite of mine, so maybe that that was an unconscious influence. Yeah, because at the end of that, he goes to some abstract place, too. Yeah, reborn. It's a space baby. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I... I really like the like story behind that album because it's you know sci-fi and very ambitious 
Um, and we even like added in random like recordings from the radio, and we added like the Chernobyl broadcast mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah, I think like the Ch- Chernobyl emergency broadcast from when the reactor blew up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all pretty cool. Yeah. It creates kind of like this very dark industrial atmosphere, kind of. But it's also got a lot of just strange stuff, even by our standards. Yeah. We were just all over the place on it. Right. Which I guess is why I like it so much. Yeah. We, we were throwing everything at the wall, and we, most of it stuck, fortunately. <laughs> yep. I, I I love that album. And uh, I also think just like uh, songwriting-wise, it's maybe the most like creative and like inventive we've been because just with all the riff writing there's a lot of places on there which are very like minimalistic where there's really not a lot going on maybe just like a guitar riff at one point you know there's just like a singular clean guitar riff playing and we even have a little bit of like keyboard we added to at the very end of that album and uh yeah it's just Sounds very unique overall because of all the influences there. Yeah. Well, we took a lot of influence from a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. coming from my end. This was when I got really out there with some of my music tastes. Right, right. A lot of like experimental post-rock and post-metal type stuff that was obviously a huge influence on this album, like looking back at it. Mm-hmm. Like Feedbacker by Boris or F-Sharp, A-Sharp by Godspeed, stuff like that. Right, right. And yeah, we were just very creative, and it's not super focused, but it's very cohesive still. It all it works as like a singular track, like how we intended it. it. Nothing feels out of place, even though we're doing so much different stuff. Yeah, exactly. It it all fits together for me, and it's interesting. There's this uh, moment about halfway, like almost exactly, I think halfway through. Where you hear like a, a siren and it's like, to me, that's like the shifting point in the album where, I don't know, that feels like the part in the story where the bad thing happens yeah. and everything like goes wrong. Yeah. Because everything after that just, if there's like a shift in tone. It feels a lot emptier. Yeah. feels very like empty and isolated yeah like uh, trapped almost or something yeah exactly because <laughs> uh the first half is almost like upbeat in places but the second half is a lot more like subdued and uh that's where a lot of that more minimal stuff you were talking about comes in yep yep and it gets a lot quieter and more introspective yep. kind of as it gets closer to the end of the album the further it goes yeah yeah and uh, there's also some, uh, you know, lyri- there were lyrics for that album. There's screaming on there. And I th- I think those were pretty well written, too. Like, uh, especially towards the end, there's some, like, spoken word where you're talking about, like, being uh, trapped in uh, some place and, like, accepting your fate or something. Yeah, like you that's the, towards, like, the very end. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. I recorded that twice. Like in two, like on each side, like the left and right channel, and I pitch shifted them up and down, like one's down and one's up, <laughs> ah. to give it like a kind of an otherworldly kind of sound. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, 
I know at the very beginning, there's like some spoken word you do, you do about uh, some government project and like not really understanding it. Yeah. Not knowing, <laughs> just kind of following orders and not knowing what you're actually doing. Like right. what the consequences of what you're doing will be. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, 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 I don't think the lyrics, I don't think they're out like with the self-titled, if you get it from the Bandcamp, it has the lyrics in the download. I don't think they're on Distress Call, though. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Because they're not like... The lyrics aren't like as a central part, like a central part of that album, like the self-titled, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We could release them. I just didn't think it was... I, I like the the mystique of it, <laughs> not knowing what the lyrics are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of just us. Right, right. But they do, they do, they do tell like a similar story. Even the screamy parts <laughs> tell like a similar story of you know going on this voyage and some unforeseen event screwing everything up and having to live with the consequences of whatever happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I know that at one point you put in a radio uh, sample. You like recorded yourself yeah. earlier in the album of like some guy like preaching about something about the government yeah and people dying because of the government yeah it was, it was like a 3 a.m a.m broadcast radio broadcast of like some like preacher like i don't i don't know if it was record i'm assuming it was a recording because i don't know what preachers broadcasting at 3 a.m <laughs> but but yeah i just like i would like on my way home from work because I'd get off work so late, I'd like scrub through the AM stations to see if something, oh, this sounds interesting. Maybe I can use this later. And that was just a recording that I chopped up and put in the album, basically. Nice. I really like that sample. Yeah. I think it's yeah. really fitting. It, like, it does fit. It fits like, the theme of the album very well. Yeah. Even though I didn't necessarily well. intentionally do that. Right. I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At one point, he says something like, this is costing us, like, thousands of people and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Millions of lives and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> that isn't really yeah, like that's, that's not an equivoc equivocal exchange <laughs> or anything. <laughs> I don't know if he knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. But yeah, and he like rattles off a bunch of places where there's like flooding happening yeah. or something. I don't know. North Carolina, Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think I still have that full recording on my hard drive. Oh, wow. Because that wasn't the full thing. I like trimmed it down to just that part. Huh. A lot of it was just static because the, the station was coming in so rough. I think this distress call also has like my personal favorite thing we've ever recorded, like section of music. It's about like 20 minutes in. It's just this like two or three minutes section where it's like a clean guitar riff. And there's a clean solo over it. And then it goes into this little like uh, distorted uh, chord riff section. <laughs> yeah, very descriptive. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what part you're talking about. <laughs> I know what it sounds like. I, I love that part. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> Peak songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Never top it. <laughs> <laughs> this album overall is just like I don't I really don't know if we'll ever top it. Yeah. I wouldn't really change anything about it. Yeah. I would make the production a little better. 
That's a good point. I would probably I make wish, the production. I wish bit. the production was a little better. But other than that, as far as the writing goes, I like it as it is. Yep, yep. Well, like you said, I would be happy if this is our best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then our newest album, All That Is Left Behind, uh, the title of the album is kind of a hint as to how it ties into the rest of the universe. We envision this album kind of as just a slice of life stories from within the patchwork universe. Basically each song is its own self-contained story. Yeah. And there's no like concrete ideas really for each song. It's just like the emotional journey of each song is supposed to be like a different person's perspective from within this whole kind of story we've created. Right. Just things that we haven't explored yet. Yeah. And, uh, I remember with this album, we had like no plans to make it a concept album at the beginning but then at the end, uh, I think I had an idea to like sample uh, the very beginning of the first song on Patchwork Landscape because I just thought it would sound cool if we made like a callback like that. And then at that point, it just became a concept album. Yeah. Ba from that one little thing, we basically extrapolated that whole thing I just said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you came up with like a spoken word part that I put in the last song. That like oh, kind of yeah, ties yeah, the whole yeah. thing together a little bit. That's right. Right before the, the sample of Patchwork Landscape comes in. Yeah, I wrote a spoken word part, which I I don't know. It like oddly just fit with Patchwork Landscape's story. It was about like a guy on his own just trying to survive in like a post-apocalyptic world. So it, yeah, that just tied in to that as well. So it's a concept album yeah <laughs> so this whole uh like musical universe we've made we we came up, come up with a name for it the acid extended musical universe the a-e-m-u yeah the amu the amu <laughs> so when you want to refer to it online when you're discussing how much of an underground hit we are you can call it the amu <laughs> yeah the amu that's like copyrighted yeah <laughs> You gotta, you gotta ask us before you can use it. <laughs> so we have four albums in the AMU now. You never know; it might keep expanding. Yeah, we already got some ideas kicking around for another album, like we, some very early pre-planning ideas. We do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that's probably gonna be all for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, I'm Connor. I'm Clay. And this has been the As of Yet Unnamed podcast, and we'll talk to you later. See you later.